KH Steelers Podcast. I'm your host, Chris Carter. Let's just cut through the nonsense, shall we? The NFL's going to do whatever it can to make sure that this game happens between the Steelers and the Ravens. I'm Chris Carter, your host here, and guys, gals, fans, listeners, we don't have to pretend like this is about anything else. Uh, we're Of course, we're talking about the Steelers-Ravens game currently scheduled to go on Thanksgiving night, tomorrow night, and the Ravens are in the middle of a COVID outbreak amongst their team. They've had, I think, 10 people added to the COVID list. We know that Mark Ingram and J.K. Dobbins were added to the list. We talked about that yesterday on the show. Brandon Williams was added to that list, team defensive tackle. And now Pernell McPhee, defensive end for the team, he's been added to the list. There's been staffers supposedly added to the list, and uh, we're still waiting to hear some specifics on other names for the Ravens. Those might come out on Wednesday today, so stay tuned with DKPittsburghSports.com. We have the Steelers live wire. We'll update you as soon as things happen on there. Again, subscribe to DKPittsburghSports.com. We are on $4.99 a month, $39.99 a year. It's a great deal to get all your Steelers, Pirates, Penguins, Pitt, Penn State, Duquesne coverage that you want. But, guys, this is... This isn't about player safety as much as it is about can the NFL do whatever it can to make sure that this game happens. Because it's Steelers-Ravens. It sells no matter what. The last time these two teams played, go back and look. Like, go back. If you if you can, just Google uh, t, you know NFL TV map for week eight when the Steelers played the Ravens. And you'll see... Pretty much all, but like a speck or two in the country, was watching that game when it came on when it came on TV, and people and, and that that's because everyone knows it sells. Everyone knows that everyone wants to see that game. Some people might even say, you know what, you know, if you have, if you have a bad team this year, like if you're if you're a, if you're a Jets fan, you, you know, you're like, you know what, I want to watch that game. I know my guys are gonna lose. Why do I care about that? I want to go see. Steelers Ravens, because that there's gonna be someone's gonna knock somebody out. There's gonna be some big plays. There's gonna be hatred. It's gonna be trash talk. Love it. And the NFL knows that's a hot commodity, and that's why it's it was scheduled for Thanksgiving night for these two teams to duke it out in prime time, and not just any Thanksgiving night, but the Thanksgiving day Thanksgiving night where we're expecting everyone to be home. All the restrictions are going up across the country because of COVID. People are being very careful. So a lot of people, you're going to be in your homes with your families or by yourselves if you're trying to quarantine. I'm going to be closer to that second part right there. Partially also because I'll be working. But um, everyone's going to be at home looking at this game. And if you're just at home drinking, if you're home eating, you're going to turn on a TV most likely if you have any sports fanness in you. It, this, this most likely will be on your TV just to see what happens. And the NFL can't afford to give that up. I mean, they can. Literally, they can. But in every sense of what the NFL is about, they are about the money. They are about the dollar. And if they move this game to Sunday or Monday... Yes, they could still get raised, but this is a different situation right here. There's no other game that can take this place. I mean, you could technically move the Cowboys-Washington game to 
you know, you could you could move that game to th- to Thursday night, but no one's gonna watch it. People will literally, you know, they'll they'll check Netflix and Amazon. What's going on? Let's you know, let's run out a new movie that that came out because there are some of those. But Steelers Ravens that that won't happen for most people. They will turn turn tune into this game. They will check this game out, and that's gonna bring huge ad revenue. That's gonna bring huge eyeballs. It's gonna be huge ratings. The only way it won't is if the Ravens get worse through COVID because Lamar Jackson will get it and then Marlon Humphrey will get it. If the superstars start going down for the Ravens, then we're talking a different ballgame. And if it's if it's apparently that it's so rampant that they can't control it, then they'll be like, okay, maybe we do because we can't afford two of the premier franchises in the AFC to be dealing with COVID because we wanted to force this on them. And ultimately, you could move this game to Monday night and still get crazy ratings. But the thing, again, if you move it to Monday night, you're not putting any in, anything entertaining on Thursday night. No team is going to bump up is going to bump up their game from Sunday to Thursday. That's just not going to happen. And that's the bottom line here, whether people like it or not. Uh, this is about can the NFL make this game still go on with the stars that it cares about. And for Baltimore, it's primarily Lamar Jackson and Marcus Peters and Marlon Humphrey. If those guys play, they'll be good to go. And for the Steelers, of course, I mean, the Steelers got a lot of those guys. Ben, Minka, Watt, Dupree. I mean, even Claypool at this point is getting up to that point. I mean, it's just the Steelers. They're undefeated. They're going to be a draw anyways. Uh, with that, and again, Steelers-Ravens, I mean, you could probably put out some practice squad guys with Steelers versus Ravens, and people will still f- probably probably find a way to watch that. But this isn't about anything else. And so, when you look at the, at the news tomorrow, or today, rather, when you look at the news, if if it's clean, if there's no more Ravens that get infected on Wednesday, on Wednesday morning to Wednesday afternoon, you hear none of that news, that is your full sign that this is a go. Now there might be some people that test positive for Thursday, but I think they're gonna. The NFL is gonna be like, you know what? It, you guys have been doing the intensive protocols. You guys have been doing what you're supposed to do. This game gonna happen. Make it happen. Do whatever you can. Because don't forget, like Dale was telling us all off season, the big deal right now with the NFL is making sure that they make enough money so they can keep that salary cap up. And this is would be, you know, it, it's it's there's so many games that fit into it, but this is one of those games that would feed huge into that. Getting up the ratings in the bigger in the bigger moments to get up the ad revenue so that you can look at the end of the year, look at your bottom line and say, okay, we only have to drop the salary cap this much amount. Because it's gonna drop. It's just what's gonna happen. But it's games like this that the NFL cannot afford to lose. And and I don't think that they will. I think that this that it would take a drastic, huge increase in the COVID spread with the Ravens over the next day or two for them to say, "Okay, we are officially calling this off." But who knows? Maybe, maybe, maybe something will happen. The NFL has surprised me before, just not in positive ways. <laughs> me, I'm all about the player safety. Push this game to Sunday, one o'clock, if you got to. Just make sure that they don't gotta um, make make sure that you don't force either team to play on a, on a Tuesday to make their next week shorter. Just do what you got to do to make sure this game can be played. And I know some Steelers fans are like, ah, suck it up. 
Ravens, you got to play with your practice squad, play with your practice squad. And I hear you. But at the end of the day, this is about safety. It's not just about the Steelers' safety. It's about, you know, when this team is going to have to be in a locker room together and all these other things are going to happen with them, you're going to have a legitimate chance by forcing this game to happen. They're traveling together and everything. It's going it, to, you know, if they haven't contained it, if they haven't locked down who has it and who doesn't, and then there's more people traveling in them with that do have it when you could have just waited to figure that out. You're going to increase the spread among the Ravens, which may which may spread it to the Steelers eventually, even though I know people are going to say, well, no one's transmitted it on the field. You know why? Because they've t- t- taken every precaution to make sure that stuff like this doesn't happen. So we'll see. The NFL is going to be put to a test. But we know what the deal is with that test. It's it, the NFL much heavier on the side of making money than player safety. We're going to take a quick break. When we come back, we got more to talk about and more actual, like, football things on your Pittsburgh Steelers on the DK Steelers Podcast. It's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. Back here on the DK Steelers podcast. I really, really, really think that there's a time for us to look at the secondary and look at the cornerback position and reflect upon where things have come. Because if you remember, Mike Tomlin went on Stephen A. Smith was it a year ago, two years ago? And Stephen A. Smith made fun of Mike Tomlin's secondary. He said, Mike, you got to get it together. Because Stephen A. Smith plays it being a Steelers fan. But Mike, you got to get it to get your secondary together. And Mike Tomlin remember, reminds him, he's like, you used to tell me I need to get my offensive line together. Now now how you like about them? He's like, you give us time, we'll put it together. And, my, and Stephen A.'s like, oh, yeah, you got me, coach. That's what the Steelers have been doing with this secondary. And especially the cornerback position. Because right now, and I, I've harped a lot about the about the safeties, so I'm not going to overdo that for you guys. But what I am going to do is I'm going to look at this and say, you know what? On top of the safeties, the Steelers, the cornerbacks have been good. And not just Joe Hayden and Steven Nelson, because everyone hypes them up, but even the guys behind them and around them. I mean, Mike Hilton, you know, we all know that he's really stepped up. But you look at Cameron Sutton, he still played more snaps than Mike Hilton. Now, Dale brought, brings up, well, that's part of that's because of Joe Hayden getting hurt in this game. 
But I don't care about Joe Hayden getting hurt because even when he wasn't hurt, even when Sutton was filling in for uh, Mike Hilton, he looked good. And again, I look at um, I, I look I look at how they're how they're how they're playing, you know, even with Justin Lane being in there, and he looks good. I don't see too many problems in this secondary anymore. And and the problems before. The problem before with the secondary was clearly about they just didn't have the guys. And they didn't know what secondary talent was. We heard all those takes for a long time. But I, I kept urging people that, like, it's not about knowing what secondary talent is because they know what it is. It's just about having the guns to go get the guys to build the defense. And they didn't have the guys to get to get that to make that happen, but they were building it. Mika Fitzpatrick was that was the guy, was one of those guys that they couldn't afford to get in the draft that he was picked in, which ironically was Terrell Edmonds' draft. But when they were able to go trade up because of Ben Roethlisberger's injury and get him, that's what they went and got the guy that they knew that they that they wanted. And guess what? He's a superstar. And now Terrell Edmonds playing at a high level with him. So effectively, in the same draft, you got two safeties, both teaming up very well. And for my money, they need to make sure those dudes stay together for a long time. But again, we're talking about the cornerbacks. And I look at this team and Justin Lane. He's only been targeted six times and allowed five completions for 80 yards, no touchdowns. Granted, six of five, you know, nothing spectacular. But he's not in the position where they're saying, hey, Justin Lane, we need you to make the plays on the football. He's in the position where they're saying, hey, Justin Lane, just uh, don't get beat deep, dog. <laughs> like, you know, you know what I'm saying? Like, don't uh, don't be exploitable. And he's been on the field for 52 snaps. Small sample size. But he ain't been exposed. Oh, I'm sorry, 52 coverage snaps. Let me correct myself there. But he ain't been exposed. He ain't been someone that they that teams go on the field and say, go after Justin Lane. He's the rookie. He's the one they drafted. Because everyone used to say for a long time that the Steelers couldn't draft cornerbacks. I mean, and they were kind of proving you're right. I mean, <laughs> Curtis Allen, jeez, uh, Curtis Brown. I'm, I'm, I'm probably, I might have even messed up Curtis Allen's name. I don't think that was his name. But you get my point is that, you know, there's all these guys that they just drafted that were horrible. But again, they never got to invest that upper tier pick. And I know some people are saying, what about Artie Burns first round pick? Yeah, but Artie Burns was like in the twenties. We're talking about like top 12, top 15 cornerback, obviously a superstar type of guy. And for the record, when the Steelers do pick in the top 15, it's always a smash hit. Devin Bush. I think Lawrence Timmons was 16. I think Shazier was 15, but like any, any time they've picked, in that in that area in the Colbert Tomlin era, it's been a knock out of the park. Like, yep, you got the right guy. And Justin Lane, again, third rounder, knowing that they invested a huge bunch bunch of draft capital into. But right now he looks solid. And in the chemistry of what they're doing on defense, they're doing it right. Cameron Sutton. It's been on the field for two hundred and ninety seven snaps. 227 of them have been in coverage against the pass. 
And in those games, he's been cu- he's been targeted 30 times, giving up 20 catches for 203 yards. Yes, two touchdowns, but he has three breakups and an interception. And he's forced three fumbles. Don't forget that. I I I think that they've got rhythm in this in, in this cornerback group. I think they've got what they need. Now, what they really need moving forward, because Joe Hayden is, you know, he's up there. He's still playing at a high level. Like, I'm not saying get rid of Joe Hayden, but he's getting up there, and this team's going to need to inject new talent somewhere so that they can invest in the young guys that they have um, that are that are going to get big contracts moving forward, like T.J. Watt, like Minka Fitzpatrick, like Terrell Edmonds. And eventually that means you got to shift money from you're paying your cornerback Joe Hayden a lot of money, you're paying Steven Nelson a good bit of money, to now you may need to you know try and get guys that you're not paying as much money to those positions so that you can put the money in the other positions. But it may be time soon to go get that top draft pick at corner who's going to be a baller and be the center pillar of your of your cornerback position. Or it might just be, hey, you know, we just keep rotating around with free agents. We see what we can do here. And then they just you just say, hey, you know what? We got a team with a great pass rush. Devin Bush will be back healthy. Minka and Torello still be doing their thing. And if you keep Cameron Sutton around, it's like, you know what? We, we don't need to invest huge. We just need to get guys that are comparable and won't give up the big play. And if you're going to beat us, you're going to keep targeting those areas, areas, and eventually you'll mess up because we'll have guys helping them out. But the point being is that the depth at this, of this group right now is a big part of what's helping everyone else out. You can't pick on the Steelers' corners anymore. You can't, you can't just, you can't look at them and say, you know what, these guys are useless. When they're on the field, you got to pay attention to them. Mike Hilton, you have to pay attention to where he is. You have to know where he's lining up. Cameron Sutton, you got to know where he's lining up. You got to know who he's going to try and take away from you. And again, those two guys right there in the middle of the field, they're helping Robert Spillane not have to do too much in coverage. So when you're trying to target him and exploit him, it's like, no, you I mean you can, you can get a few. I mean Spillane. He's been targeted 21 times, giving up 12 catches, 113 yards, and a touchdown. Also has that pick six on on Lamar Jackson. Also has a really good pass breakup in that same game. But the reason he hasn't been targeted more, despite playing almost all the time since he's taken over Devin Bush, is because they have so many rotating cornerbacks. And even when Joe Hayden or Steven Nelson has been hurt, actually I think it's just really been Joe Hayden, they bump Justin Lane to the outside so that Cameron Sutton can stay on the inside. And it works because this group is versatile. And I think it's it's uh, important to respect that, to remember that, and to keep that in your mind moving forward when you're looking and you're saying, like, oh, the Steelers, they're, they're sticking at this position. It's like, okay, well, you know, things 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 go around in circles. Or cycles, I guess, is the re- better word. I mean, this, I mean, the perfect example of those cycles is the Steelers' pass rush. With James Harrison and Lamar Woodley, they were the best one-two punch when they in, in that short stint when they were both in their primes and doing really well. And then when James Harrison kind of fell out, and then Lamar Woodley kept getting hurt, Steelers couldn't find an answer at edge rusher. Jamar, uh, Jamar, jeez. Um, Jason Worlds, Jarvis Jones. I mean, that's where this team was going for a while. Was they they did have some busts, but we saw. I mean, we said for years. I said for years. 
you know, even said, but, but Dupree said, you know, he was a bust. But I was like, man, just give this team time. They'll figure that out. They know what it means to get a pass rusher. They just need to get get uh, get a good one. And eventually we got one, and now they got two on the edge. And they might have a third one coming up in, in Alex Highsmith. And then they also have the interior guides in Hayward and Tuitt. And now the, pass, the Steelers' pass rush is the best in the league. This may be the best ever that we've seen since the Steel Curtain. So, I, 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 remind, I remind people about the cycles point, about where the secondary's been, and where it's going. We're going to take one more quick break here. When we come back, it's Don't Get Me Started time. Find out what got me started right after this. Welcome back to the DK Steelers podcast. I'm Chris Carter, and you're listening to Don't Get Me Started. Don't Get Me Started with PFF Sam and his stuff with Ben Roethlisberger. This is Don't Get Me Started, the rant segment of the DK Steelers podcast. Now, guys, this is not necessarily a rant against PFF Sam because that would be remedial. Now, if you don't know who this guy is, this is a guy who works for Pro Football Focus. He has made a whole thing over the past year about how Ben Roethlisberger has been holding the Steelers back and how he's not that good and how he won't even get him give him credit for you know the things that he's done. He's been playing bad teams, yada, yada, yada. You know, insert criticism about Ben Roethlisberger here. But, and, and a lot of Steelers Twitter has really gone after him, as well as other people in, in Pro Football Focus, for what they've said about Ben Roethlisberger. But I'm convinced of something. It's a bit. It's not real. I mean, it's real in the fact that they're saying it, and they might have at once, one time, believed it, but now... They're like, listen, anytime we say something like this, our mentions go through the roof, people talk about us more, and it puts us in the center of the discussion. I'm convinced that pro football focus, for all the things that I think they do wrong, they understand what sells. They're not stupid. That's why they're a really great business model. It's why they... Uh, it's why it's why they're one of the more successful ones in the world, and they do have several really good advanced stats. I'm just not with their grading system, whatever that is. But with with the way that they do have their systems and the way this guy's come after Ben Roethlisberger, I've just felt like it's not it's not a legitimate criticism, and he knows it at this point. This is a guy who, and, and the reason that I I I I eventually resigned myself to this opinion was I saw a tweet that brought up Tom Brady's and Ben Roethlisberger's stats. And in those stats, it was comparing the two over the past few games. Now, again, you know, this is Tom Brady. You know, no one's saying that Ben Roethlisberger's better career-wise than Tom Brady. That's, that's That's not what's happening here. But it was our, our guy, Daniel Valente, 
Um, he's stats guy Daniel, and he's a really good stats dude. He, he posts a lot of stats on Twitter. Follow him at stats guy Daniel. Um, he's a football editor for the Score. Um, he's done a lot of great stuff. He's he's really good. He he, he puts he posts interesting stats on his Twitter account. Do give him a follow. But he posts this simple post. It just says Brady in the last three games, seventy six of one twenty five. 60.8 completion percentage, 766 passing yards, five touchdowns, five interceptions, 6.1 yards per attempt, and the team is one and two. In Ben Roethlisberger's last three games, he's 88 of 134. That's more in both uh, completions and attempts. 65.7% completion, which is almost 5% better. 906 passing yards. That's 140 yards better. Nine touchdowns. That's four touchdowns better. One interceptions. That's four interceptions better. 6.8 yards per attempt. It's roughly 0.7 yards per attempt higher. Not as big of a deal. And of course, the Steelers are 3-0 in those games. And then he also brought up how, you know, if your issues are, if that Ben Roethlisberger has a better receiving core around him, it's ridiculous because when you look at uh, the Pro Bowls, Mike Evans has been to three, Godwin's been to one, AB's been to seven, that's 11. That's more than the collective years in the NFL that Ben Roethlisberger's top four receivers in Juju, Washington, Deontay, and Claypool have been, and that's not even inc- including Gronk. Um, So he brings up some good points there. So what happens with this thread? Why why is this guy's numbers? Well, so someone tagged PFF, Sam, Samantha James, another person you should follow. Um, on Twitter, Samantha James underscore. She's funny. Um, she posts just she just tags him and just and she just you know just says like look at this because the PFF Sam guy Sam Monson he's said for a while you know Ben Roth or Ben Roethlisberger is not having as good a year as, as as Tom Brady and the numbers don't really support that as much. So he said neither guy and so the Sam's response is neither guy has been very good in that in that stretch the last three games. He's saying one just has better stats. And at this point. I'm just convinced he's doing this for the humor. And I get it. It's funny. It's what I think Mark Madden does to a lot of people about Juju Smith-Schuster with the the ways that he comes after him sometimes on Twitter. And it doesn't necessarily come after him. He just says his name, and he just waits for people to respond. So I'm not necessarily mad at PFF Sam. I mean, I think it was ridiculous what they were, what everyone was saying before season about Ben Roethlisberger. And I understand some people want that to be the case about Ben Roethlisberger. They're tired of hearing about him. A lot of people don't like him. Um... You know, and you could say, you know, for whatever reason, because he blocked his, his his account blocked everyone on Twitter, or you didn't like his past indiscretions where he was accused of sexual assault and all those other things. And and that's not to say that that's I'm not dismissing that. If you don't like him for whatever reasons, you have your reasons not to like him, and that's perfectly fine. But when I'm evaluating X's O X's and O's, I'm evaluating X's and O's. You know, growing up, I didn't like Ray Lewis. I was a I was, you know in high school, I'm a Steelers fan. I went to Alderdice. And but you'd be stupid if you didn't if you said that Ray Lewis wasn't the best linebacker in the NFL, you know. <laughs> just you gotta admit that. Um. And again, I'm not saying Ben's the best quarterback in the NFL, but I'm saying that these are guys who obviously watch a lot of the game. These are guys who they study a lot, they see things a lot on tape, and I may disagree with them on different things, but at this point, I'm convinced their criticisms of Ben Roethlisberger are simply for the reactions, not for the 
digesting and ingesting of, of of fans who are just trying to understand the game better and who are trying to see real evaluations and see what they – I think this is strictly a bit just to get you angry, just to get every, uh, Steelers fans angry because they know the Steelers fans are a huge fan base, one of the biggest in the NFL, maybe the biggest in the NFL. And if you rile them up, you'll get them angry, you'll get them arguing. And then when you rile the Steelers fans up, then you'll get anyone who doesn't like the Steelers to jump in that conversation. And that can be very polarizing, gets you more views, more likes, more hates, more whatever. And that makes, you know, it's the old saying, all press is good press. So don't buy into it. You know, still check PFF for their advanced stats, like, you know, how many times the player's targeted, you know, how many times the person's under pressure. You know, I stay away from the grades more so because I, you know, I just, there's times I'm like, what did you see there to make that grade? Um, and maybe maybe that shows that this isn't a bit on their part. Maybe this is just what they think and whatever system they have just grinds things out the, this way to make them think this way. But I just I don't see it that way. I think it's purely for the attention, and I think it's time to stop falling for it. So Steelers fans, don't pay attention to those guys. Just pay attention to your team. Pay attention to the people that you care about. And hey, like if you like if you like my opinions, I and I like to make jokes. I like to be sarcastic. Um, and there's sometimes I, I run some bits on Twitter, but again, it's more so for the, for the last and people who know me and they get it, but y'all got me started and this has been, don't get me started here on the DK sports podcast network on the DK Steelers show. Check that out. Um, really, really appreciate you guys listening with, with us. We'll be back for one more show tomorrow. Um, Dale will return on the show. We'll give you a full preview for Thanksgiving so that you can listen to it all on your holiday. If hopefully you're getting a chance to sit down with family. If not, you know, some of us got to work. So I understand that business. Um, but do check that out. We will be back tomorrow. Um, please uh, subscribe to us. We're on Apple, Spotify, Stitcher, anywhere podcasts are hosted. Leave us a five-star review with a positive comment. Check out DK's Daily Shot. He's always got great things. Also, Carter's Classroom is up. Check that out, too. Thanks again for tuning in. Talk to you, talk to you in your ears tomorrow.